we hired a bunch of people during COVID that were from dental offices and they were like, I don't want to go back to the dental office. So we'll come work with you and do stuff related to dental, but not necessarily doing the dentistry. So if I'm a dental office and I'm short on hygienist, I go to your site and you fill that gap for me. Is that, is that, is it that cut and dry? It's very simple on both sides. Uh, on the practice side of the office side, anybody can have an account totally free to sign up. There's no, you know, subscriptions or anything like that. Is there any other industries that are this labor crunched? I can think of one. I don't, I don't foresee a robot cleaning our teeth anytime soon. Although you never know the, with the AI popping up and all the tech, not technological progress, you never know. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. But guess what? You can't grow if you don't have people working in your office. And I know the labor crunch has been really, really hard on people. And today I'm excited because I have Ian on the show. He is the CEO and founder of Toothio, and he's going to get into what they do, how they help you solve your labor shortage. And we actually go into how to make sure that you avoid letting your practice shrink because you don't have the people that you need when you need them. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, Ian. So why don't you tell me how you made it into the dental industry? Yeah. So, you know, funny enough, it, it kind of uh, almost felt like destiny in a weird way. I was kind of always pulled into the industry in some weird way. I started out as a kid. Um, had multiple round of braces and was in the, the dental office regularly, uh, which was kind of funny. I had a great, great dentist, great doctor. I uh, grew up in, in Colorado, but um, my, my path kind of took me in a different direction uh, for a while. Uh, out of school, I ended up at a marketplace company and I kind of got my background into to labor marketplaces and, and scaled a couple uh, labor marketplace companies. And then, uh, interestingly enough, early in my journey at the first marketplace company I was with, one of our investors had come into a meeting and, and we had kind of finished up the meeting. And at the end, he said, have you ever thought about taking your product and going into the dental space and, and, and helping out with staffing there? And um, I, I basically at that time glanced over it, didn't think much of it and decided, you know, I'm going to keep going down the path I was going. And then fast forward about two years, I had exited that company and was, I joined as chief growth officer for another marketplace company. And, uh, I was at a golf tournament uh, of all places and ended up getting paired with two doctors, two dentists. And, uh, we started talking and, and talking about what we do. And they both told me they were dentists. And I started sharing what I do and, and what my skill set is. And then, um, they had shared later in the round that the staffing was a massive issue for them as well as their peer. It's only getting worse and, and it'll only get worse for the foreseeable future. So, uh, shortly after that, it, it kind of clicked and I decided to do a little bit more research into the dental industry. Subsequently found out that there's uh, a massive, massive labor shortage, a uh, huge, huge supply huge. issues, and uh, ultimately dove in and found out that, you know, 40% of the dental labor force left the industry through 2020, 2021. So uh, the, the timing, it was massive, massive. So the timing ended up being perfect and uh, put the team together and started to dive into the industry and ultimately- What was the percentage kinda, that you said that left? Uh, up to 40%. And I've seen it as high as 45, but some of the best data we found is about 40% of the industry left. What does that uh, the, mean exactly? So like, I'm just trying to understand even, I know it's big, but so like, how does that practically play out in the, for offices? Like, I know there's a labor crunch, but 40% is sure. just like insane. 
Yeah, it wasn't great before either. There was already a there was already a supply constraint. The industry's been growing at a you know nine percent CAGR. The the supply hasn't kept up. The staffing side hasn't kept up. But um, you know, essentially, I think what happened is there was you know a total shutdown in the dental industry as well as many others yep. through that period of time. And I think people decided to take the opportunity to get out and go uh, invest in other careers, maybe retire early. Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. We hired, um, we hired a bunch of people during COVID that were from dental offices, and they were like, I don't want to go back to the dental office, so we'll come work with you and do stuff related to dental, but not necessarily doing the dentistry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a problem. So, okay. So we got this massive problem. It is a huge problem. How do, how are you guys attempting to solve it? Yeah. So I think it's interesting. I think it's, it's worth taking kind of a few approaches to this and, and we want to get, you know, heavier, more heavily involved in, in what that looks like. Part of that is, you know, how do we activate new, uh, a, a new, uh, professionals into the dental industry, which we're working on, you know, some partnerships with schools, but really what we've built at a very high level is a uh, platform that connects you as a doctor or as a dentist to dental hygienist assistants and receptionists on demand uh, through the platform we built. So it enables you to kind of flex up or flex down your labor force when you need to. It's a great hiring tool, uh, helps you prevent loss of production and and ultimately uh, increase revenue for your practice. So uh, right now it's, it's a bit of a bandaid. Obviously, we're going to expand upon that uh, to figure out how we can actually bring new uh, professionals into the industry, but it's certainly um, the best way we know how to help at this point. So if I'm a dental office and I'm short on hygienist, I go to your site and you fill that gap for me. Is that, is that, is it that cut and dry or is it? How, how? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very simple on both sides. Uh, on the practice side of the office side, anybody can have an account totally free to sign up. There's no you know subscriptions or anything like that. And then essentially you have Tutio as a resource when you are looking to hire, when you have callouts, um, you know, there's no obligation. You just post shifts and put in the specifications of what you're looking for uh, each time you're looking for that that professional. Got it. And then, is this nationwide? So, do you have people plugged in already everywhere, or there, is it bigger in some areas? And like, how how does that work? So, so we're firm believers in really scaling this geo by geo, and the reason for that is. We know that we can provide uh, a, a really high quality experience yeah. to both sides of the marketplace when we do that. I think we uh, there's a tendency to get spread too wide too fast, and the the, yeah. the quality suffers People on both like sides. It. People, I'll sign up because this is what I'm getting at. Is like if I'm yeah. in an office and I sign up and I can't get anybody, you're dead in the water. They're not going to be like, oh, it's because they don't they haven't built it out in our, my neighborhood yet. You know what I mean? So, what areas exactly. are you like really crushing in right now? So Phoenix is a is our biggest market. We launched in Phoenix in May of last year. Uh, we launched Austin shortly after Dallas, Fort Worth, and Las Vegas, Nevada. We also have a small presence in Denver. So we're ramping up those those other markets. Um, but Phoenix certainly is our our biggest market. We have the most presence here. What's your next cities? What and I have I so I got some stuff. I got a question for you after this that I think will impact everybody. So I don't want people to bounce from the podcast because you only work in those cities right now. 
I'm going to yeah. pick your brain on a couple of things, but I want to, I want to talk about what cities come up next for you. And then we'll jump into that next topic. Sure. So we have a few on our list that we want to service. Chicago's coming up real soon. Uh, Orlando, Tampa, um, LA, um, and probably a couple more tertiary, uh, secondary markets as well. Like in Oklahoma city, for example, uh, Houston's on the radar, definitely not a tertiary. They're a massive market, but Houston's certainly on the radar for us as well. And that we expect to roll out probably three to four additional markets before the end of the year. And then uh, at the end or middle of next year, we'll do a really big push to start to get into all the major markets across the US. That's awesome. Okay, great job on that. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not one of those things where people think like, oh, it's just an app that goes nationwide. It doesn't work <laughs> like that with this kind of app, right? Uh, that app is just one function of it. And then you have to get people who want jobs and then you got to get people who have the job. So it's a it's a big undertaking every time you hit a, a market. And I know it's a lot of capital that in time you have to put out there. So great job on that. All right. So now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of drill down on this because I'm curious of this. So I'll kind of present what I've seen in the dental industry. And then you can tell me, Gary, this is right on or wrong. So what I've noticed is, okay, right now for a hygienist, it's probably better to be a temp than work for an office. The reason why I'm going to make more money I get to pick my hours. If I want to take a week off, I can. I don't have to ask. I pretty much schedule anytime I want. Um, the downsides are I don't have benefits, which there's some companies out there that even offer benefits now. And then I don't have like any kind of like PTO, anything like that. If I'm not working, I'm not getting paid, right? So that's yep. kind of the downside hey. versus the upside. Now, from the downside and upside, from your perspective, at least if I was in your shoes, is why... Why wouldn't, you know, you, you, you put people in offices and they're bouncing around and that's your, that's your, um, that's your product, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. What's to stop these offices to being like, I really want to try to keep this one or keep that one. Or is that part of your roadmap that you're building out? So I'd, I'd love to work. That's kind of where my brain's at. I would love for you sure. to just work through those two things. I know it's, it's kind of just not, not connected, but necessarily, but I would love for you to work through that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, to start. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Right now, if you're a, a a temp, which I know is kind of a you know was a dirty word at one point, it's shifting over time. But um, if you're a temp or a gig worker in the in the dental industry, uh, you have a lot of freedoms and flexibility that you that you wouldn't normally have if you picked up a full time gig. Not saying that it's not a fit for a lot of people, but there has, certainly has been a trend towards the gig work, not just in dental, but across the board. So I think it's 17% year over year growth of the gig economy. I think in 2021, it grew 31%. Dental's not right. far behind, right? Uh, it, it, eventually it's, it's, it's going to move into dental. It already has. Um, it, it may be one of the later dominoes to fall, but you know, dental is going to see the similar trends that the rest of the industries in the US have seen. So um, yes, you're exactly right. From a value proposition standpoint, if you're a, a gig worker or a temp worker, Yes, you get to work when you want, where you want, how you want, select the offices you work at. You have no obligation outside of the shifts you accept. So there's all these tremendous value adds to to being a temp. And oh, by the way, you're probably getting paid 18 to 20% more than you would if you were full-time, right? So there, there's all these value propositions on, on the, the labor side or the, the worker side um, that, that bring people into this um, to, uh, you know, to kind of... Uh, dive in deeper on you know the the other side of the marketplace as well i i don't um i i don't ever foresee a, a world where you know temporary labor is the vast vast majority of the labor in the industry 
But I do think it's going to become a bigger, bigger component of the industry for the foreseeable future, given the supply shortage we've seen, as well as the trend in the type of work that the dental labor force wants to uh, engage in. Yeah, I I agree. So do you, um, what's the difference between like this happening and then like, like the first thing that comes to my head is like unions, right? Like, so yeah. I just, like, so it's like, oh, we want more flexible hours, we want more pay, da, 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 and then they unionize. And I know there's like boards and groups like that and things like that. And maybe that's the medical version of a union. I don't know how that works exactly. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Like what, what, to, how is this road going to go down? Because here's the thing I look at. I sit here and listen to all these groups, right? So we are, tar- the target that listens to this show is that like three to seven locations and they want to go to 50 locations. They want to go to a hundred locations. That's right. like our target, right? Um, then, then I talk to all these bigger groups as well and they're at a hundred, they want to go to 500 and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, if everybody, if you add up everybody's growth targets <laughs> over the next five years and then you go, okay, where are the dentists going to come from and where are the hygienists, yep. like who's going to actually do this? So someone's not going to grow. There's going to be a huge, I, and I don't know the, no, I don't think anybody knows the number because you can't add it up everybody's growth goals, but you know, and I know everybody's in this game to grow. Yep. So what's going to happen? Like, I, I, I know it's going to become a, a labor war, but what does that look like? Is it a union? Is it a, <clears throat> is it more temp agency stuff like this happening? Or is there something else that's going to pan out? I think from a labor side, again, I think you made a great point. Yes, we're seeing a, a consolidation in the industry. The same thing happened in medical. Now it's happening in dental. DSOs are popping up everywhere. They have aggressive growth targets. That always happens when you have private equity come into an industry. What we're seeing is a a, a trend towards, um, you know, really business minded and you know private equity focused people come into the industry, and with that, you get those aggressive growth targets. Um, and, and you know, they're going to do whatever they can to to grow. You're right. There's a staffing shortage, and and dental is a very labor intensive market. And without the labor, you just cannot grow your practice. You cannot grow your offices. Um, so I think we're we're absolutely going to see the prevalence of platforms like Tutio um, become more and more prominent over the next few years. I think you know I was, I've been talking to a few key industry leaders lately, and and they think this is a ten to fifteen year um, you know problem. Right yeah, rollout problem. Yeah, because you right? have to get people into school. It's not yeah. like hyg- hygiene schools are like spiked by thirty percent, or dental exactly. schools spiked by thirty percent. Yeah, so yeah. Y- you got to get those in, and that's we're probably five years away from that happening, right? Because that means you have yep. to go talk to the high school kids and get them into college, right? Like, it, and then they have to go to eight years of school. So yeah, it's ten, ten years, seven years. At the ve- if we started today, if someone started campaigning today, we're seven years away, and I don't see anybody really doing that. No, it, it may get a little better, but the, the disparity between supply and demand is already too great to to have any sort of reasonable um, expectation of it getting better in the next 5, 10, even 12, 15 years. So uh, we're in this for for the ride. And so now it's a conversation of, okay, we know what this, we know what it's going to be like. We know what the staffing crisis is going to be. How do we, how do we leverage tools? How do we leverage platforms to be able to remedy that? Um, and not just the short term, but the, the long term, how does that become a regular part of your your day-to-day operation as a practice. And I think that's um, something that there's going to be some that adopt a little later. There's obviously some that have adopted very early, but I think everybody eventually will have to make that jump to survive. Is there any other industries that are this labor crunched? I can think of one, and I don't want to say it because I'm interested in your point of view. Um, have, you, do you, have you seen anything like this? Because it's not just that we're labor short, it's that we're having, there's a consolidation and growth factor come, happening. 
and there's yeah. the COVID thing that just happened all at the same time, right? So it's like this perfect storm. Um, and, and, it's, and you can't solve this with technology either because there's some other right. industries where they're like, oh yeah, we got a labor shortage. All right, let's build a robot to do it. That, exactly, that's, yeah. That's awesome, but we're not even within 100 miles of that in dental. No, I don't, I don't foresee a robot cleaning our teeth anytime soon. Although you never know the, with the AI popping up and all the tech, not technological progress, you never know. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think you're, is there any other absolute. industries that you have seen like this? Yeah. So light industrial hospitality, eye care, interestingly enough, um, those are some, a, a big few that, that have popped out, um, that I know For, well, but so, so I was thinking, um, programmers, for a while yep. there, Google, Apple, and Tesla, and Facebook were like paying like basically whatever the pro- the best programmers wanted. So they got they had a battle going on up here. Then you kind of had a second tier of programmers that were doing startups and you know what I mean, all these really cool things. And then then they're tied up right because they're doing startups, all their money's yep. in equity of the company, and they're really working on growing. Then you got kind of the next tier, da- a couple tiers down. They were all tied up at really good companies. You know what I mean? And it was just like. Yep. If you wanted a programmer, you had to go overseas. There's a language barrier, but that kind of changed with COVID. There was a lot of layoffs at these big companies. And from what I understand, now you can take a uh, level two programmer and they will be like a 10X programmer because of ChatGPT and these other these other AI bots. Like people all of a sudden skill set go through the roof because they have those kind of tools. Yeah. And that, that you know, the chat GTP, the AI movement. That will definitely um, change the landscape from a development engineer standpoint. That well, that that could be dramatic. Our CTO Troy Amelot, um, he he thinks it's going to be dramatically different in the next three to five years. There's 100%. certain certain types of engineers in certain positions that are going to be almost automated out of a job, and now you have this whole new subset of engineers that are you know literally learning to leverage tools like ChatGTP to do their job. Um, so they're they're learning an entirely different language, literally how to talk to Chat GTP to program for them. So it's it, it is fascinating. So awesome. Any other thoughts on this labor shortage that we're facing? Any other uh, profound uh, ideas or thoughts of outside of hey, you got to hire temps right now? Anything else you can add to the conversation to help help people think through this in a different way? Yeah, well, I I, I don't think. I mean, yes, we're certainly seeing a labor shortage. Um, and, and again, it's going to last for an extended period of time, but, but I, from, from my perspective and the, do- the doctors that I've talked to and a few key industry leaders, it, it's not the end of the world. It's, it, it's a challenge. Obviously, you know, you feel the pain as a practice, but if you can leverage tools, uh, like the platforms that are popping up, like Tutio to be able to backfill your, your, um, your staff and fill your office staff to service your patients, uh, these tools are going to pop up there. You're, there's going to be accessibility. You're, you're going to be able to. Um, you know, build your team, you know, with, with, you know, through another platform versus having them, you know, uh, internal with W2 overhead. What I think it does, I think it gives practices a unique opportunity to be able to flex up and down their labor force to meet their, their demand needs, their patient demand needs. So mm. um, I think, I think a lot of this is perspective. Yeah. Um, if you can find a great option where you can get a great group or core group of, you know, dental professionals, hygienists, assistants, receptionists to come in and, and you know, staff your practice you actually have a unique opportunity to reduce your overhead and have a very malleable labor force um, to be able to service your patients when the demand spikes or when it falls off, right? So it can actually be a great tool. Yeah, from I a love that. Standpoint. 
So two things I, I, I'm i thinking through, right? So number one, I think offices need to get a lot better at outsourcing. So one of yep. the things, like jo- not jobs that you fill the, bo- the, fill the need for, but outsourcing, the way I think about it is you have somebody who's making $30, $40, $50 an hour and you have them doing a $5 an hour job. And that's a big gap, yeah. right? Like why, why is your office manager who's making really good money doing Excel spreadsheet reports? So exactly right. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And I, dental's horrible at this. Like dental dentists, they'll have dentists who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing tasks that you could literally offshore. So I think dental, this is going to force dental offices to outsource a lot more, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. I think that will help them get better at what they're actually good at and allow other people to be good at what they're at. The other thing is yeah. retention just became extremely more, way more important. If you can just keep the people that you have and then use temp agencies to fill to fill the flux of yeah. new patients and growth and things like that, then you're golden. But if you're losing yep. people and you uh, and there's a labor shortage, you you could go out of business really really quickly that way. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Retention is huge, and we're seeing the worst retention uh, that we've ever seen in the dental industry recently. Right? I mean, their turnover is high, and part of that has to do with the consolidation. You know, the, the more DSOs that pop up and they're not, not all this, there's a lot of great ones out there, um, but they tend to see just unfortunately a little higher turnover. Um, and so we've seen that acceleration of turnover in the industry the last few years. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. You can keep that core group and then flex up and down your labor force with temporary options or marketplace companies like Tutio, then, you know, or wherever it is, whatever your option is, I think uh, you can weather the storm and not just weather the storm. You actually have a unique tool that you can find a way to work into your practice that helps you operate even more efficiently than you were before. That's so awesome. If someone wants to reach out to you either because they work in a city that you work in or they want you to put their city on the map to be up next, how can they reach out yeah. to you and talk to you about that? So they could uh, send an email to hello at toothio.co. That's probably the best way to to get in touch with us. We have somebody monitoring that all the time. They can also go to the website uh, at toothio.co and create their profile. And uh, from there, they'll know whether we're in that city and then we're going to be uh, we're on LinkedIn and all of our social platforms that are going to be announcing our future market launches. So um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those, uh, you know, give us a follow and, and we'll make sure to announce when we launch two cities. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on. You did a great job. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time.